All right, guys, you already know what it is. This is your boy, Brandon Gross, coming at you from Design Huddle. Guys, we have a very, very special guest today. But if you don't already know or are involved in the Instagram design community, I'm going to let you know who we have on digital stage today with us. So he is the CEO of Pitchproof, a platform that allows designers to build a design presentation that their clients love. Pitchproof covers everything you would want and or need in a presentation, design concepts, variations, color options, type choices, and more. He's also the founder of the amazing digital design conference Front Row, where the world's biggest design influencers come together on one live stream. And guess what? It's free, motherfuckers. And to close out his intro, he's built in his entire business community first and runs a global community of over 30, excuse me, I'm dyslexic, 73,000 <laughs> designers. So please help us introduce Ryan Hayward to Design Huddle. Thank you very much, my man. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. I guess um, <laughs> you still got a Ryan on the show today. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice, I'll repeat that. No, you're good. Still we got a Ryan on the Ryan. show today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one Ryan gone, one Ryan gained. For sure. Man, before, <laughs> we, before we begin, I have, I have a serious question. All right. Are you prepared? Yes. How old are you, man? Because it's one of two things. <laughs> one of two things. It's either I need to step my game up or I need to buy another, oh. whatever facial cream you're using. So let <laughs> us know. Would you like to take a guess first? No, that's unfair. Because <laughs> you put me in a position I don't want to be in. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll say this first. So I actually answered this on a podcast last, last week on Tony's XD podcast. Yes. And I was telling him before I told him the answer. I don't, because I'm still quite young. Yeah, everybody figures that out. But I didn't want to like really promote my age because I didn't want any of, my, any of my like tips or strategies to not seem valid, even though they really are. You know, I've been freelancing as a designer for four plus years. You know, I've got a, a rare experience. So if I told someone my age, as I'm still quite young, I didn't want any of that to become non-valid. But now I feel like I've got the um, respect and loyalty from an audience and proof that I can actually do this, that I don't think my age is much of a factor anymore. So to answer your question, I'm 18. 18 that's younger than <laughs> I thought man and yeah. guys for everybody who's listening the reason I asked is because Ryan and the not just his team even before we get to his team Ryan has done so much that so many people like I mentioned before 73,000 people is not a small number and he has big dogs in the industry who have quote-unquote outworked him in quote-unquote experienced years looking at him to see him putting together what we're going to be talking about today, Front Row, which has had Chris Doe and many other large, big-ass brands, um, people who are on stages on their day-to-day -day lives, who came to him and basically had an appearance at his event. So again, the reason I'm asking, Ryan, your age is because here at Design Huddle, we're all about teaching that age is not, is, is only a number, and that you can, with the strategies or tactics that anybody teaches you can take those regardless of what your age is and apply them and actually do some cool shit so thank you for sharing that exactly. not trying to invalidate anything actually <laughs> the opposite because what you do to it on so, a day-to-day yeah. is 100% incredible and I, I know that you are young and I we have a lot of young listeners and I want that to empower a lot of the people here today so thank you appreciate, appreciate it all right, so let's get into the heat, my man. All right, <laughs> so let's start out because we're going to get into pitch proof and specifically front row and how you were able to put such a fire digital show together. It, it, it surpassed 
my what I thought it was going to be. And it, it absolutely amazes. But we're going to save that for last because I, I am very good at jumping the gun. So okay. because you are, uh, you have been doing, have you, so tell us about your, your career. How did you get into, you mentioned freelancing. You mentioned you've been doing this for yeah. five, yeah. five plus years. How did you begin into this whole uh, career of yours? Tell, yes. tell us on that. So, so I kind of started becoming a freelance designer when I started entering design contests online. So, you know, you start saying no, no designs and whatnot. And then I started to win some of these contests and I went, okay, if I can compete against other professional designers and win these things, I might actually be onto something here. Um, so from there, I built myself a website and then it was kind of just like a natural process, process of growing your clientele. Um, and it kind of just took off from there for a few years. And then obviously um, last year around June, um, I had the idea for Pitchproof, a software where designers can build logo presentations. Um, so yeah, I had that idea in June, uh, 2018. And so I took that to our CTO, who is also my brother, who has a background in software engineering. And he basically told me, build a landing page, um, get 50 signups to validate the idea. And then if you get those 50 signups, then we'll build the actual product. Um, so I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did like some planning and everything. I'm like, all right, uh, probably a two week goal is probably a good amount of time to get those 50 signups. Um, and by my amazement, we did it within three days um, with oh, like wow. an incredible Wait, 30. So three days, what, what was in the three days? Just the landing page or what? Yeah. So basically from the launch of the landing page, so I, here's how quick this thing moved. So I proposed the idea on a Saturday morning. And then by Monday afternoon, the site was up and the Instagram account that is used pitch brief was up. And then by Wednesday, we had the 50 signups. Um, so it really, uh, yeah, took off fairly quickly. And as soon as we hit that 50, it just kept on growing. Um, we grew that waitlist to a thousand bloody quickly. And yeah, just like even the conversion on the landing page, which I think was around 30, 35% was still amazing for me. Very nice. That's amazing. So what, what, what even brought you to that idea of pitch proof? Cause that I'm really curious about what, what brought you towards that? What did you see? Yeah, for sure. Well, at the time I was like, you know, doing a lot of internships and just reaching out to a lot of agencies to learn about how they do their stuff. And a big part of that was how do you present your work to clients? And what I found was all these agencies and all these freelancers, they were just presenting it in a PDF, whether that be just through an email or a presentation or something. Um, and it confused the heck out of me because you look at basically the entire design process, everything from proposals, invoices, it's all done through software that can like manipulate the um, like CSS and the design to be like mobile friendly and just have a versatile experience no matter what device you're looking on but then you've got all these agencies and freelancers just sending an email with a pdf logo presentation and like if you've got a client who's just viewing their emails on their phone because they're on the run all day they've got to like zoom in it's just a horrible experience so i was like really confused at why like no one had thought of like a better solution than a pdf to present your work um so that's kind of where the idea extended from and then from there you know created a few mock-ups um and you know ui elements and just things to i guess figure out how the thing would actually work and then it kind of yeah just grew from there very cool so let's so it all seems very natural i i want to i want to i like to dig into the dirt because you know even though i got wine on my desk we're gonna talk about some tea real quick (laughs) (laughs) 
I want, because I always like to, what you've built is absolutely amazing. So three sure. days, launch, boom, 50 signups, Instagram off the, off the ground, landing page, good to go. How did you get your inspiration for this experience? Obviously, yes, we talked about the people and their, their issues with, you know, sending their clients PDFs, but how did you build such a thing in um, such a short a time? Was this, you know, just your PAX experience? Was it the help of your family members? Like how did, what was the support system that you had that allowed you to um, create this or have the knowledge to do this? So now we're talking about knowledge base. Was it experience? And if so, how can one get that same experience at such, um, just like you do? Yeah, I think a lot of it has just literally been me. There's obviously been the development side from our CTO, but a lot of it has just been trial and error and just learning from people online, people like Gary Vaynerchuk or just other designers and just looking at what other people are doing and then adapting that to your own self. Um, but you know, it hasn't been something where it's like, Oh, I've had mentors or people helping me out or people giving me advice. It's literally just been a learning experience. And I love that. Um, yeah, it's literally just jumping in head first and seeing what happens. There's, there's no strategy. There's no, there's been no guidelines. Like obviously we've had the goals that we've wanted to reach, but how we got to that goal has just been by trying. Got you. So when trying, was there any point in time where there was like a big hiccup or was it just like, oh, that didn't work. Next thing, go, go, go. I think it was just go, go, go. Like, I love it. We've, we've also had setbacks, but nothing to go. All right, I want to stop this. Yeah. Like it's always just been, all right, you just got to keep going. It doesn't matter what things come in your way, what obstacles are in your way, just go around them or try to barge through them, whatever way works and just keep going. Got you. So what would you say to somebody in, and in, in, in this can be outside of, pitch proof or front row when you come up with like a situation where um and you know the reason i'm asking this is because for someone like myself i sometimes do hit those walls and i tend to hit them pretty hard <laughs> and i need like a break i need a, I need a motherfucking break um are there any times so now he's see guys this is what happened when you invite people to design huddle they just they just laugh at your wine game they're like is that boxed wine no. <laughs> um, do you have any like tips or do you have any personal habits that keep you either regulated so you don't have those crashes or do you have a built in like, yo, Ryan, you're going to my, me, myself, going to sit down every Saturday and Sunday. We're not going to touch anything. What, what does your schedule look like? What do your habits look like to keep uh, maintenance of your work flow? Yeah. Um, in terms of like my schedule, it's like packed. It's always been packed. Sometimes days are repetitive and then some days are not. I think the biggest reason why I can do so much is because I get to do a lot of different things. You know, if mm. I was just doing the same thing over and over and over, I'd probably get fairly bored fairly quickly Yeah. Um, and therefore not be as productive. But when you get to do a lot of different things, like, you know, building websites, designing logos, putting out content on Instagram, replying to comments, you know, organizing digital events like i just do a huge array of stuff and i think that's what keeps me really interested in what i do switching it up is the is the yes the yeah. key all right cool all right guys so switch it up keep things interesting all right so let's get into the actual inner workings of pitch proof and front row what does it take to operate pitch proof basically with it being a piece of software 
Um, and look, our strategy towards pitch proof is um, pivoting a little bit. We're moving a little bit more away from the software um, side of things going into 2020. In terms of that operation, obviously a lot of it's upkeep and upgrading what we're doing um, within the actual platform itself. So a lot of the um, actual like development side is done by our CTO. Where the actual software is at at the moment, um, it's fairly self-running. Like once it's up on the ground, like everything's there, like the pricing's there, the billing's there. Um, It all works. It's just more about driving customers through the door. Got you. And when you say driving customers through the door, is that first by like low hanging fruit because i did realize you have like the 25 days that you guys just launched which is absolutely awesome we'll get a chance (laughs) to talk about that in just a minute um we came at a good time guys we we, we're gonna get some uh you know this was just launched literally today (laughs) nice and fresh ready for ready for christmas um or whatever holiday (laughs) y'all celebrate i don't know there was green in it so i thought pine tree so leave me alone guys all right so software cool everything's there. So yeah, let's go back to getting people through the door. So how do you get people through the door? What does that look like for you guys? Are you guys specifically social media or how do you guys operate? It's very heavily social media with the aspect of providing value first to Mm. build the loyalty. A lot of businesses do it. They go for the sell way too quickly. Yeah. Um, I think Gary Vaynerchuk has a strategy and we put a post about this out probably last week and the strategy is called jab, 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 right hook. So how yeah. that works is give, 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 ask. And how our whole business model in getting customers through the door has basically been because of this strategy, which is let's just provide as much value as possible, get people to believe in the brand and respect the brand. And then we can try to sell people buy from people they know. Right. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with building a brand online. Got it. So jab, jab, right hook, value value than the ask all right cool and do you pull people so like is the first so obviously the first step into somebody interacting with your brand is through social media and then that next thing like what is that next thing that you bring them to is it like one of those uh free is you know just like you're doing now this is why i'm asking the 25 gifts yeah and i really apologize what is it 25 days of goodies i believe it's called yeah yeah that's it yep had to look at my tabs real quick, guys. <laughs> Got to be smooth like that. Um, always keep tabs open, no matter how small they get. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I think the next step after that is basically just trying to drive them to the landing page. And, you know, things like the front row, 25 Days of Goodies is a good way to build up your email newsletter, which is a good way to obviously promote what you're doing. But honestly, the big reason why we're doing digital events now is because they're easier to monetize and I get just in a general better to monetize than the actual software side of things is what what we've found you know it's better for us to make money um working through sponsorships and Mm. creating that original content rather than trying to sell on a subscription plan um to other designers because a lot of our um audience is people from like india where the currency isn't as high yeah Um, so trying to drive those customers to pay $10 per month is a lot harder than reaching out to some, you know, bigger companies and going, Hey, give us a few thousand dollars for a sponsorship thing that we're doing. Excellent. So email list, that's not like you're heavy. You're not heavy on that. It's purely social media. Yep. All right. Let's hop into front row. All right. Let's <laughs> talk about how you, just because you said, it and I had no idea that you guys found it, it was a lot easier to monetize these sort of events. So first off, 
how did you guys figure this out? Like, what did it come from? Okay, guys, we're trying a new, uh, like a new business approach, or was it just like we are going to use this event to drive business over to Pitchproof? Which which came first? Was it Pitchproof first, or was it just like another business model you guys are trying? Honestly, the approach was just to create as much value as possible. Like, <laughs> we're gonna make like, some cool honestly, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious, like. I was on a live stream. I've actually got the audio from this. I was on a live stream with um, Bless on Varghese from Bless Creatics. Yeah. And I think we were doing a podcast recording or something for him. And I, and I said on there half an hour ago, I had this idea. I'm like, we should just get as many influencers as possible and just like put them into like an Instagram live stream or something. Just create as much value as possible. And like, I guess the ROI for me at that point was exposure. You know, yeah. you get all these big influences connected to this brand pitch brief. Oh, what's pitch brief? Blah, 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 blah. And it kind of starts that um, building of a brand. Right. So I guess, yeah, the whole um, thinking behind Front Row wasn't to get email signups. It wasn't to get subscriptions to our SaaS product. It Honestly, it was just to create value and just build a brand. That's insane. So yeah. let, let's run through this now. How did you guys put it together? Obviously, you guys mentioned that you reached out to sponsorships. How did yeah. the beginning of this monster, monster. of an on, amazing online conference start? What was your yeah. first steps? You were like, obviously, we need money to make this happen. Or what was, what was the first initial thing that you guys thought about? And how did The you first step. Well, I knew I couldn't reach out to sponsorships. Well, I didn't want to reach out to sponsorships just yet until we lock in the guests. Because if we've yeah. got this huge array of guests, you know, I think in total had like a combined 1.5 million following. That's a lot stronger than going, hey, we've got 50,000 followers on Instagram yeah. um, to promote to. Um, so we kind of just reached out to a lot of people like yourself, um, you know, Bless, Connor Fowler, um, for, for Chris Doe. Um, I reached out by LinkedIn, Instagram, DM, and email. I think he finally responded by email saying he was in and came. Yeah. Um, but we also had a little bit of leverage there um, because he was already following us on Instagram at the time. Yeah. And uh, that was basically the same with all of our um, influencers that we had speak. Um, yeah. So I guess it was it's easier to pull something like that off because you've already got that leverage in when it comes down to it, the following, I guess, and people following you. Um, like I said, there wasn't a designer that I reached out to that wasn't following us and had no idea who we were. And then, yeah, basically from there, we scheduled um, everyone into a time slot. And because of time zones and whatnot, we had to do it here in Australia from <laughs> 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Um, so that, that, was, that took a little bit of a toll, but we got there in the end. Um, and then, yeah, after that, we started reaching out to sponsors because I really wanted to make something that was a high production value. You know, I just didn't want to yeah. work webinar software because from my experience they're just the interface and whatnot hasn't been the greatest and i just wanted something that was clean and youtube was the best solution for that so we reached out to influencers golden time schedule then we reached out to sponsorships got a few engagements there um few leads and then obviously we were able to close a few um which kind of monetized the event um brought on a good friend of mine um to do the head of broadcasting um, so that, that was a lot of problem solving. I, I can tell you right now, we were scratching our heads for a couple of months. Um, a lot of it being within the couple That's of weeks. That's nuts. Just like figuring out Zoom because um, the biggest thing, and you, you can watch the live stream back, like we switched to each speaker like they're in an individual window. Yeah. Um, but we were having, you know, three, four speakers in a call at once. Um, and the problem with Zoom was you could only have one like individual window 
Yeah. So we kind of had to like keep switching them back and forth. And we had like two um, microphones connected, I think, and two um, webcams. And there was just, the, the setup blew me minds, but um, <laughs> it, it, it was like, it was a lot of wires. I could tell you that um, and it was like, you know, connecting to the internet and making sure our internet connection was strong. Um, Cause I think at the end, cause we need, we were going to plug into like an, an internet cable. Um, yeah. But I think at the end we had to do it over Wi-Fi. Um, so it was a little bit of like, uh, let's hope the connection doesn't drop out. But yeah, a, lo- a lot of struggles even on the day. Um, cause we did it in an, uh, in an office at Melbourne, um, currently at my home office. Um, but we did an office at Melbourne, Australia and we had to move all the gear and it was just like packing down with rain. So even that was like a struggle. So a lot of things went wrong up to the day, but as soon as we went live, everything went smooth sailing. So that is crazy. So you outreach, this is what I find absolutely amazing. And I feel like everybody should really take suit to this example here. You got, you bet you did all your outreach to the lineup that you wanted. Then you yeah. immediately hopped on into the, basically the sponsor's pitch. You didn't even figure out any of the technicals, unless I'm wrong. You were just like, all right, we, we got something we can motherfucking yeah, sell. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a clue how it was going to work, to be honest. <laughs> got the dollars, then was like, all right, what well, we need to do. No, but I, I feel like a lot of people, they think that things have to go so perfectly and that everything has to be thought out. And a lot of people myself including like i need to know what where we're going when dinner is going to happen like i'm yeah. very anxious um but and even- just on that like our um like we had a like a proper schedule for front row and it was literally yeah. scheduled for every like five minutes something new was happening whether that be a banner ad or a promotion or you know a new guest coming on um so everything was like laid out like basically to the minute but i think the big thing to remember and the big learning experience here was you've just got to roll with change. Like things are going to change. You know, sometimes you've got to move over a lane. You can't always stay in the same lane. Yeah, that, that's absolutely incredible. So let's talk just really quick because this is a very large question, um, especially for a lot of the larger people on Instagram or just maybe for creatives trying to figure out how to monetize something else besides their own work. How does one deal with sponsors? What does that outreach look like? What is, how does one build that sort of relationship? Can you talk a little bit about that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the big way of how we did it was literally just email. We went, Hey, here you going? Love your product um, or service. Here's something would, that we're doing. Would you like to hear more? Um, so especially with the first initial emails that you send out to sponsorships, keep it short. Try not to go, you know, you, you don't want to write them a thousand word essay, yeah. you know, so just keep it short. And then if they're interested, then you can propose more. Um, other good ways to do that is through LinkedIn especially if it's mm. a bigger company, um, find out who the marketing manager or someone is from that company um, and then connect with them on LinkedIn and then start the conversation that way. And um, that's been a super effective way for us too. So I think it's just literally going out there and doing it. You don't know the alternative if you don't, so you might as well just try it. Absolutely love it. I think that's a, that's a great 
example. I've been getting into this question a lot recently, and I'm realizing more and more that it's, especially myself as like more entertainment than obviously yeah. I'm, I'm good as shit at what I do. So are you, but there's like you were doing, like it's not just pitch proof that we can take advantage of. There's this whole other thing around entertainment, around community building that we can not only continue to bring value, but also put money in our pockets too. And I think it's just really interesting seeing more and more creatives, uh, especially someone like who I just know you off, uh, you know, our relationship is off of Instagram yeah. and seeing yeah. you doing that. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, mm, see, it's happening everywhere. <laughs> so it's just something I'm, I'm realizing more and more. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. So out of everything that you've done so far, what do you still want to touch? What haven't you touched? And if this is segueing into the 25, where's my tab? 25 days of goodies. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about that. What do you want to move into next? Or what is um, the next step for you? Yeah, so I think the next um, going forward, we're going to be doing a lot more digital events and working on building out the community and yeah, trying to educate designers in a way that's entertaining as well. So things like potentially front row 2020 next year or our 25 days of goodies events. Like we've got mm -hmm. just a bunch of awesome content that we want to do. Um, so I think that's going to be the short term of what's going to happen next. I think over time and looking in the long term, I think it's literally just about building a legacy as a designer. I still want to go work for people. I still want to go, you know, get more experience because that's valuable to me. But when you look at it at the, you know, long-term type of thing like at the end of the day the greatest currency is legacy i dig it so did you go to school are you currently in school and what was that conversation with your parents if at all all right so i finished school two weeks ago two weeks ago <laughs> yeah yeah um so over here hold up hold up everybody this man goes to school <laughs> and he does not get off the internet he posts like three to four times a day i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> so I finished school a couple of weeks ago um, to give you a bit of a background on my parents. Both my parents are dro dropouts. They both work full time. Um, so they weren't really that fussed on me giving a shit about school, to be completely honest. They just cared that I was happy what I was doing. So yeah, I, it just comes down to self-awareness. Um, and I knew from a fairly young age um, in high school that this wasn't the game I wanted to play. Yeah. And I knew that school wasn't going to help me in my career moving forwards. Um, so I kind of just went, okay, fuck that. Let's just go forward on this other thing. That's like, obviously still ha having to get a pass, but like, yeah, get the, get the yeah, C, get the yeah. S. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely love that because um, the reason I wanted to ask is because I, I felt like around, you know, 17, I, when did I graduate? Yeah. I graduated. I think I left high school at 17. Yeah. And with my parents being like, oh, you know, you got to go to college. This is the next step or whatever. And if I even just said, I don't want to go to college. Uh, <laughs> they were like, you see that front door? You going to walk? Um, <laughs> so it was a very hard conversation to have. And it caused a lot of uh, conflict at times. And um, within, within the family. And I also know everything's fine now, guys. It's okay. I love my parents. I just had to say that. Um, but. I mean, what would you say to individuals who are, because um, I think you have a very unique, or at least unique to me, I would have loved to have that sort of environment. Again, there's environments, that, they always come with pros and cons. Those who are, would they want to do something, but the outside forces are like, nah, you're going to do this. 
what would you recommend to the people who are having that sort of internal strife? Like, what would you recommend to them? What helped you? And that could also help somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've, I've never kind of really been in that situation, but I guess. Do what you love. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Run out of the front door with a suitcase. <laughs> I would recommend that. I could, well, I, w- I would still do it, but. Um. <laughs> oh, no, I just think if you truly believe you can do it, you just got to go for it. And this whole thing, it just comes back down to self-awareness and understanding who you are and just making sure you're not doing it because some influencer YouTuber guy said you can make sure you're telling yourself the truth and make sure you're willing to put in that work because obviously it's not easy. And if you want something that your parents don't want, you're going to have to work for it. I love that. Tell yourself the truth. And yeah, I, th- I mean, that's, I, I couldn't have said that any better. I think that's just a sound bite. Be true to yourself. And, you know, as you continue to do that, even though people may not see it as of now, as you keep working, working through that, you'll be able to trust yourself in your own capabilities and other people along the way will be like, oh, he right or she right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. So thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate that. So care to tell us about what this 25 days of goodies is what what are we getting because i looked at the website and to be honest i wanted like super detailed information i'm like they're hiding <laughs> some they're hiding shit on the inside I have yet, this is, <laughs> I, i'm low-key confessing that i have not given ryan my email yet because i want to know what's in this <laughs> that's the thing like, you already have it it's like there's a gift every day you're not meant to know what that gift is just yet oh uh, what oh because yeah, right 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 Okay. Yeah, so, so, um, but we have partnered with some really cool brands to give some awesome stuff. Um, some of them being discounts to services, some of them actually being product giveaways. Um, one that will be one of the very last days, which I'm super excited for, um, a brand that I've been using for a long, long time um, is giving away one of their products. So that's also super exciting. Um, but, you know, we're creating all these exclusive eBooks and different downloads. A lot of it is to help you become a better designer, whether that be through running your freelance business or just some like design tips or anything like that. But I guess the things you can expect is a lot of stuff you wouldn't find just on the Instagram account at use pitch proof what else do we have oh some exclusive webinars too we've um hooked up some amazing influencers which i'm positive probably most people have heard of um but again you have to wait to find out um so that's kind of like the whole um fun part about it you have to wait every day to find out what's the next gift um so that's kind of how we've branded it and how we're moving forward with that damn i'm just gonna sign up because i'm pissed because i don't know what's in it and i want (laughs) to know I want an email in my inbox yes, every day. This, this is big. You're going to love it. <laughs> All right, we're going to put that email in ASAP. Guys, for those of you guys listening, this will be in the show notes. So click that and get all the good things. You guys get huge discounts, ebooks, exclusive webinars, downloads, worksheets, and many giveaways. So Very thank much. you for putting this together. This is, looks absolutely awesome. So what else? Actually, pause. No, because I have more questions on this one. How... <laughs> How in the world did you get sign-off from partnerships? Like, like th- this is something, this is not even anybody else on the podcast. This is Brandon is confused. Um, <laughs> and other people who are listening, <laughs> listening to this will hopefully learn something. So for this 25 days of goodies, how did you pitch the partners that you have on this? Not, uh-huh. the, not their webinars, like the discounts. Like if we're talking about like UI8.net, or I think that's their URL like a platform that sells products because I'm thinking about this 
right? Yeah. Platform that sells products. You're the only way I can think about this is like, yo, our email list is like 10,000 people deep. This is what we're doing. You know, do you want to do like a, uh, some sort of thing with us? Is that relatively how this, how this went down? Yeah, basically. So we um, worded it as a partnership rather than a sponsorship or anything like that. But for a lot of the discount stuff, a lot of it is um, affiliate related. um, Both parties get a, obviously a percentage um, from the sale. So that's kind of probably the best way to drive all those discounts. Um, But you know, there's other things that we're doing, which has just been like us reaching out to brands and going, Hey, you want to give us some stuff and in return, we'll give you a promotion. Got you. Oh no, it's it. That's like, very it's confusing. It's complicated, but it's <laughs> when you put it in words, it's really simple. But when you do it, it's probably quite complicated. You say this, but anything that cannot be put into words is very difficult. Well, actually, no, that's a lie because jujitsu is a little bit easier for me, but I don't know how to explain what the fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we are very close to our closing of our full hour, but we've gone through all of my questions. I want to know what are some things that you wish we talked about here on the podcast that we haven't? Um, I think we've covered it all fairly well. I guess the biggest thing might be using social media to actually run a business and run a business as a designer. Um, For example, there's that many designers out there creating content and posting that reaches other designers, not clients. Um, And you look at people like, I'm not sure if you know Frank from G'day Frank. Yeah. Like, his account, obviously, he's got about 7,000 followers or something at the moment or 8,000. Um, but his account is dedicated to an audience of potential clients, not designers. Yeah. Even though there's obviously a lot of designers in that community of his, he's still creating content for clients. And I think that's the big difference between him and a lot of other designers rather than just posting your stuff and posting design tips. Like clients don't really care about, oh, Here's five little tips on designing a logo. They want, (laughs) yeah, exactly. They They want advice on how to run their business. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So what? What? Obviously, for somebody who's community first, and obviously this is a conversation that we both are included in. Why did you gravitate to social first before anything else? Just because I knew it would work. I, I think that's it. I just. It, it didn't matter if you had 70,000 followers or 500 followers or 30 followers, having a uh, active social media presence is just a good way to grow a business. It's just a smart move for a business. And look, you can have a uh, awesome business and not have any social media, but I feel like you're leaving a huge opportunity out if you don't have a strong social media presence. Got you. So with the millions of other designers out there, why do you think that they have yet to grow an audience on social media? What do you see that has held them back? What are some bad habits that you see and what should they be doing? I think the big reason And why don't say people... carousel. I will turn this call <laughs> yeah. off. I will Let's turn this call off. If I see one more, I scrolled this week. It's only Monday. It's only Monday and I, it's been a long week already because that's all I've seen in my feed. Carousels for days. Some, <laughs> some people do them really well. But then yes. when I see the same yeah. content, yeah. And one more carousel added, I'm a, I'm gonna throw my phone. Yeah. Yep. But and anyway. just on that too. <laughs> <laughs> just, just on that real quick, quick little rant. Like I love the carousels, but I also hate the carousels. And the reason for it is one, people are trying to put value into their posts, which wasn't something that was happening as much um, you know, say last year when it was just like, hey, here's my work, 
give me love. It's like, all right, how can I help you? But on the flip side of that, I'm worried because I feel like a lot of designers and creators are using carousels just because they perform really, really well. Which is okay, like it, but I'm gonna let you know. I mean, it's good and bad because like, if your intentions is just to get followers and likes, you're not gonna get that. And just as a business and the ROI on that, it's not that positive. But back to your question though, I've completely forgot. Um, <laughs> you what, might have to remind me. No, you're good. What are people not doing that they should to build that brand? Is it an inconsistency thing? Is it a content type thing? What is stopping most people from actually building a consistent brand that others can relate to on social media? Caring about the likes and followers. As in caring and liking too much? Yes. Got you. And they get fed up with the number. And I said this on a podcast the other day too. Like if you've got 500 followers, that's still a lot of people. That's a big audience. Like if you're, if you're doing a speech and you've got 500 people watching, like I'd be freaking out, like honestly. <laughs> and then like put that perspective of like 70,000 people, like we've got a pitch reflect, like they'll fill a few stadiums, right? Mm. That's a, depending on the size and whatnot. And so like, I just feel like a lot of designers care too much about the following when in reality, if they're a freelance designer, it, the following doesn't get you money. Yeah. The clients get you money. And a lot of the time, you don't need 10,000 clients to run a business. You might only need a 10 clients per year or 20 clients per year. So, you know, potentially having 100 followers on Instagram that are all potential clients could have you a great business. Well, let's talk about this, though, because now I got you. I got you into a corner real good. <laughs> let's talk about, because you were talking clients, but let's yeah. now talk about audience, right? You yeah. said, clients, obviously, is a business uh, generating right? Revenue, blah, 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 yes, whatever. Yeah. But you all, that's like pitch proof, right? Clients, subscription. Yeah, yeah. But then you got audience, right? Which is front row. You can monetize both. So with social media, how now that we're, because you play on both sides of the fence, how should someone tailor their content? Should they tailor it to a client side or should they tailor it to like an audience building in that entertainment side? And I guess should is a dangerous word here. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you want out of it. Like if you're... But it could. You could do both is really what I'm asking. You can do both, yes. Okay. You can do both, but I think it's better just to try to stick with one. Oh, there we go. There we yeah. go. That, that's, what I, that's what I wanted to hear. There we go, guys. Yeah, because this is, this is what I've been seeing also, but I think Instagram is really tough for client-sided things. I think it is really difficult. I think people who do carousels and guys, just to let you know, Ryan just squinted at me in video. He he's like, motherfucker, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> he's like, I have I have thoughts on this. Um, and no, please jump in if you you think I'm I'm incorrect. No, because in my mind, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Client side is really on LinkedIn. I love seeing when people do yes. carousels yep. on LinkedIn because they go nuts on there. And I feel like it's a really well-suited platform from that, not saying it's not suited for Instagram, but I feel like the people who have, who are client, who are there for client services or looking for somebody um, to do something for them or build something, I feel like they're there. Would you agree or what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, so. I think LinkedIn's an amazing platform for um, networking and reaching out to potential clients. Unlike Instagram, where it's very much a general audience, LinkedIn is made for professionals and people who are more than likely going to want to invest in you um, rather than Instagram where it's not so much about selling. It's just about following people for content. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
glad we're having this conversation because I've, and I think I kind of solved something in my mind while we talked because <laughs> I've really just been thinking about how to, which way to go. Is it client-sided or yeah. is it audience-sided? And I really just, like you were mentioning, you know, front row was your guy's first step into that land of, you know, audience first rather yeah, than exactly. in yeah. the client side. So that's really cool. So one more thing. Is there anything that you would like to leave to the listeners today that we haven't already said? Whether it's have a good day, follow me on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> check this out, or just um, any good, you know, tip tricks or yeah, sending yep. I'm going to jump on my Twitter, see what I've recently posted because I often post some good stuff on there at the Ryan Hayward. (laughs) All right, let's see what's on here. We'll also be in the show notes. All of Ryan's stuff, guys, will be... That's how you get it there. (laughs) All of Ryan's contacts will be in the show notes and we'll also throw in the front row information so you guys can check out how this year's was run in addition to the YouTube link so you guys can check that out as well. You don't want to miss that at all. Here's a tweet I put out on the 10th of November. And let's just touch on this real quick. Everyone's striving to be a better designer. I'm interested in being a different designer. The best way to stand out is be unique. Hashtag game time. <laughs> now, the reason I say that is because, and this is the analogy I like to use. You look at the top agencies in the world. You look at Pentagram, Orlando, or all these different people and agencies the output of their work is very similar quality. Like it's very hard to tell the difference between the quality because obviously they're both still good. And obviously, you know, their processes might be a little bit different and everything like that. But when you put two and two, you know, next to each other, you can't really go, Oh, the quality of this designer is better than that one. So the big way I see it in standing out is to be different. And it comes down to positioning. So if we use the analogy of, let's say, Landor, who did like the branding for BP and Australian Open, and then with Pentagram, who did, um, what's a branding that Pentagram did? They've done so many. Uh, WB. WB, yeah, for sure. If you look at the difference, um, it it just comes down to their brand positioning and how they position themselves. Um, It's not so much the quality in the work. So I have a little saying, be niche to be seen especially for designers starting out, you know, don't try to do it all and try to do something different than no one else is doing because that's the best way to grow. Excellent. Absolutely. And coming back to the carousels real quick. No. (laughs) Wait, wait, Brandon, just wait, just wait. (laughs) This is not a we're ending a design (laughs) podcast. Go ahead. The people who invested early in it at the start, including ourselves, saw a huge growth. Now it's everyone's doing it and everybody's just trying to be better at it that the growth isn't there anymore. Unlike the people who were doing it at the start who were quote unquote different, they are the ones who saw the huge success. Yeah, like 10,000 in a week type <laughs> shit. Legit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so guys, my take from it and Ryan, I can't say it any better. Position yourself and be the designer you want to be. So thank you very much for giving us some of your time today, Ryan. We appreciate it very much. And until next time, guys. Design Huddle Bros, out. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.